Some people spend an entire lifetime wondering if they made a difference in the world. But the Marines don't have that problem. Ronald Reagan. Welcome to episode 55 of the Perfect Mess Podcast. Last words with the Marines. You are no longer black or brown or yellow or red. You are now green. You are light green or dark green. Do you understand? Sir, yes, sir! This is a fire, this is a fire. It's my rifle, this is my gun. This is a fire, this is a fire. I love working for an Uncle Sam. Let me know just who I am. Let me know just who I am. One, two, three, four, United States Marine Corps. One, two, three, four, United States Marine Corps. One, two, three, four, I love the Marine Corps. words like honor, code, loyalty. We use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. Why do you like them so much? Because they stand on a wall and they say nothing's going to hurt you tonight. Not on my watch. Every day I think about what you said to me that day on the bridge. I've tried to live my life the best I could. I hope that was enough. I hope that at least in your eyes, I've earned what all of you have done for me. Perfect mess is my perfect mess. up everybody welcome to episode 55 of the perfect mess podcast i'm your host ray molina and uh you know i struggled uh i struggled wanting to do this this episode Uh, i've kind of disappeared off social media for a couple of days Took a took a break from the phone. Stopped answering phone calls, text messages, and uh, just really needed to soak in the fact that my uh, my grandfather uh, has passed away. Got the call on Sunday that uh, January sixteenth at ten twenty five a.m. Got the call that my grandfather had finally transitioned. And I guess I could say that I was as prepared as you could be. You know, knowing that he's he was 91, you know, you just... You just know that uh, 
that's coming. And uh, that doesn't change the fact that, I, you know, I still took it pretty hard. I broke down pretty bad. This man was my hero. This man was the definition of everything a man is supposed to be. He taught me pretty much everything. Pretty much everything I know about respect, family, love, honor, how to be a man, how to be a husband, how to be a father. And I'm going to miss the hell out of him. You know, I got the call when, um, I was at my son's baseball game. I, I had just got done with a ruck. Um, we had some time before my son's game started. They were warming up and doing all that, so I decided to, you know, get my workout in for 75 hard, throw my backpack on with, with my weights in it. And I said, uh, I told the kid's mom, I said, hey, I'll, uh, I'll be back. I'm going to go. I'm going to go ruck. So, went and knocked that out like I always do. And uh, knocked out a, another little episode of 90 Seconds of Inspiration. And uh, when I was done, went and put my bag away, changed my shirt, got up into the stadium got to my seat in the bleachers and uh, it didn't it, it didn't it was just a matter of like minutes that I got the phone call and uh, I knew it and I'll tell you why I knew um I woke up, this was Sunday, I woke up that morning at 5 a.m. and uh, I just, I literally said, today's the day. I don't know why, I just felt it. I said, today's the day. I want to read you guys something. Every day, if you guys follow my Instagram I post uh, a reading from uh, my daily passage. I share with people that follow me. Not just for myself, but I share it for people to kind of encourage them and get them through and get them started on their day. And for that date, January 16th, this is what I read when I first woke up. Come to me and rest in my loving presence. You know that this day will bring difficulties and you are trying to think your way through those trials. As you anticipate what is ahead of you, you forget that I am with you, now and always. 
rehearsing your troubles, results, and experiencing them many times, whereas you are meant to go through them only when they actually occur. Do not multiply your suffering in this way. Instead, come to me and relax in my peace. I will strengthen you and prepare you for this day, transforming your fear into confident trust. Matthew eleven twenty eight through thirty and Joshua one five nine. That was the passage that was for that day. And I had uh I had no idea, but I I just felt I felt it. I said today's the day. That could only be the that could be the only difficulty that is coming. That is gonna be hard for me to deal with. And I was right. You know, I saw photos of my uh, grandfather the, the day prior. You know, my aunt had sent me photos because there was only a couple of people that didn't get to see my grandfather yet. And one of them was my cousin Raina, who made it, and I'm glad she did, to get closure. And the final person to make it to see him was my dad, his only son. And I think that my grandfather was holding on just long enough so he could say bye, so that they could make peace. And they did that. And when I got that photo that he made it to see him, I noticed my grandfather uh, looked completely different. I noticed that uh, one of his eyes was almost completely shut and he had some swelling. And I knew my son saw me looking at that photo and he asked me, Dad, what's wrong with Grandpa's eye? Why does he look different? And I just told him, this is what happens to the body when it's shutting down, Pop. So I went to bed that night and I prayed like I always do. But when I woke up, I read that passage. I knew. I got up in the morning and uh, got my coffee. I walked out my door and I said, thank you, Lord, for another day. I do that every day. My kids do as well. And I said, I know today's the day. Please make me strong. You know, what's crazy is my grandmother passed away 
April 16th, 2016. And when I got the news, I was at my kid's baseball game. And I just think it's mind-blowing to know that my grandfather passed away January 16th. And I was at my kid's baseball game. My son didn't tell me until after I had broke the news to him, which I'll get to. But he told me he knew that I had got the news because he looked up while he was in the on-deck circle. And he could see, he could see me breaking down. And he saw his mom looking sad. And he said he knew. He said, I knew when I looked up and I saw you guys. And that kid, even after seeing that, his first at bat, he gets a base hit. <laughs> kid got a base hit. What's ironic is when my grandmother passed, his game hadn't even started yet, and we had this, I, I told him, talked to him, and his first at-bat that day, he gets a base hit, and he looks at me at first base and he says, that one was for Grandma B. And he proceeded to get two more hits. And he said those were all for Grandma B. You know, I feel very blessed that my kids got to meet and got to know intimately both of my grandparents. They were very instrumental in my life. And I said this to my aunt, my Aunt Yolanda, who was the baby of the family. But me and her have a very special relationship as well because when my grandparents got custody of me, uh, she was in her 20s and she was living at home with my grandparents. So she was like the cool hip aunt. And so she always kind of had me under her wing. She taught me how to dress. She taught me how to comb my hair. She just taught me a lot of stuff, took me on my first trips to San Francisco, to to the zoos, to, to, to Fisherman's Wharf, to, to the beaches, took me to my first fancy restaurant, taught me how to use silverware, 
how to be respectful at a nice place. But uh, my my grandparents were, and I told my, and the reason why I bring up my aunt is because I just told her while we were talking that they were all very instrumental in quite possibly saving my life from from some crazy, crazy shit, to be honest with you. I told her, and she said, don't give me that much credit. And I said, no. I really don't care how you see this, but I see it a different way. Um, my personal life was in jeopardy, which is why I was given custody to my my grandparents. And they were very, very instr- instrumental in, in keeping me away from a lot of things that I didn't need to be around because I definitely would have taken the wrong route in life and I wouldn't it's a good possibility that I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't have the life that I have right now I needed her to know that because I wanted her to understand that My grandparents got the credit for that, but she was a big part of that. This is the aunt that took care of both her parents, my grandparents, and was there when they passed away on hospice. When my grandmother left, She was there with my grandfather and her daughter, Elisa. And they spent the better part of six hours afterwards just broken in tears. Because they didn't want to call the people yet to come grab her. Because they just couldn't let go, not yet. And my grandfather crying that day. Because he lost the woman that he's loved his entire life. In this go round. My aunt was now taking care of my grandfather on hospice with her daughter, Elisa, and Elisa's boyfriend, Mark. I mentioned Mark because that young man is a uh, is special. He um, he stepped in to help my grandfather as a man 
to help keep his dignity. You know, because my grandfather had a lot of pride. And you know, when you get that old, you can't do certain things by yourself. You need help. And this young man, he's not married to my cousin yet. He's not, he has no obligation to do any of this. And this young man stepped up and um, would help my grandfather. Get him to the restroom, help change him. Just help him hold on to some of his dignity, you know what I mean? And, uh, I'm sorry if I keep pausing, man. There's just so much that, uh, it's going through my mind and I promised myself I would show more strength in this episode because my grandfather would have wanted that. You know what I mean? But Mark did this for my grandfather and didn't need to. My aunt and my cousin Elisa just held him down the entire time. And I say the entire time because these last two years going through this craziness that we've all been going through, nobody's been able to come over the house because we're they were trying to keep them safe. And uh, so they've had to do all of this on their own. And some of the family just didn't understand that. I did. I was one of a few that did. But a lot of the family just didn't understand, you know. But my aunt had a job to do, and that was to keep my grandfather safe because he was high risk. And I told her I feared that we would not be able to see him. I feared that something may happen. And because of what's going on, we were going to miss the opportunity to say goodbye. This was early on I said that. And she said, don't say that. He's doing fine. And I said, yeah, but if he starts to not do fine, I hope there's a way for us to come see him. And it was kind of one of those when we get there, when we get to that bridge, we'll cross it. And when he started going to the hospital, back and forth, every other month, every month, we felt it. We knew it was coming. And she told me, I think it's time. I think you need to come see him. Because I can't bring him down there. Because she, she had originally said she would bring him down here uh, to visit him, to visit us. Uh, and then we were supposed to go up, possibly, and then go have lunch with him. And all that got shut down because he just, his body was shutting down. So it wasn't something that they could do and keep, you know, and just, and keep him safe and whatnot. He just, he was not able to walk as good as he normally did and he would fall a lot and whatnot. So... Like I shared with you guys on the penitentia episode, 
you know, we got to see him. I got to see him. I drove up there, spent time with him, was able to talk to him, get some closure, tell him how much he meant to me, tell him how much I loved him. And just ask him, you know, like that last clip that you heard on the intro. I hope I made you proud. I hope, I hope I didn't let you down. Like, did I make you proud? My goal has always been to not let my grandfather down. Because he's my hero. It was important for me to always try to live my life so that he was okay with it. And I messed up, man. There's a lot of stuff I've done in my life that I'm not proud of. I was a piece of shit a long time ago, man. Compared to that, man, I was. But I always told myself, turn it around. Try to do right. And I always stayed in contact with him. I always I always visited him. I always talked to him on the phone. I always, always did all that because it was important for me to do that. And I asked him, did I make you proud? And he told me... He, He's like, of course you did. You never got into any serious trouble. You never went to jail, never went to prison. <sighs> you didn't have kids by multiple women. <laughs> and that made me feel good. I needed to hear that from him. And to be honest with you, man, I needed him to know that my life is always something that I tried to model after him, after his example. You know, after I seen him that day, I shared with you guys on that episode of... Uh, penitentia that I had fell asleep on the couch next to him which was the same thing I did with my grandma my grandpa was on one couch I was on the other and my grandma was in the middle and that was the same thing that I did with him and then the next morning I went and got my kids got my cousin and we came up and they had their moment and I'm so so thankful that my kids came up the next day that I that I grabbed them and brought them up because we got the last opportunity to spend with him while he could talk, while he could smile, while he could still joke. I mean, we were able to get him out of that bed, to sit him up on a chair, put his helmet. My son had his helmet from the Marine Corps, and uh, we were able to put that helmet on him. And take a picture where he was flexing, doing this.
and he showed life. He was just, I'm so glad that my kids got there to, to laugh with them one more time, to hug him, to talk to him, to take pictures with him, and to hear him say the things that he said, I love you, take care of yourselves, take care of your dad, take care of your mom. Be a leader. Don't be a follower. I always tell my kids that. And he's telling my sons this. He's telling my kids, be proud of your dad. Look at him. Look how strong your dad looks now. And he's pointing to me. He's grabbing my arm. Look how strong your dad is now. Be proud of your dad. And that made me feel so damn good, man. I look at those pictures, and if you follow my socials, like like I always mention, you see that I shared a bunch of photos of when we went to go see him. It was awesome to see him smile again. You guys have to realize it had been two years since we saw him. This whole madness going on robbed us of two years took two years of us of our experiences with my grandfather away and I want to be angry about it but I can't question God's timing I can't I can't I can't be upset and start complaining because I know that this is the way God wanted it because if he wanted it any other way he would have made it another way so I can't sit here and be upset that we lost two years there was a reason for it you know when we uh, when we said our goodbyes that night my grandpa was asleep you know, gave him a hug. My kids took one last picture holding his photo from the Marine Corps. And um, I gave him a hug, kissed him on his head. I don't know if he heard me, but I told him I love you so much. And I'm going to try and get back one more time to come see you. You know, and then... Uh, Days went by, you know, we all got work, we all got things we got to take care of, responsibilities, kids got school, so I did all that, I said, okay, everything's doing good, checking in on him every day, he's alright, he's alright, he's doing fine, he's got a few more visitors, he's not talking much anymore, but, and then as the week started to get towards the end, uh, he's not really eating, then it was he's not really drinking water. Then it was he's having problems with the oxygen tanks. And I could feel it coming. And it was coming. We were prepared. You know, I was telling my boys that I don't know if he's going to make it much longer. And uh, my my goal was to 
go up there after my son's game. One last time to come visit. Say goodbye. My aunt said, you know, you, should, you probably shouldn't bring the boys. I don't think they should see him like this. You know, because they got to see him when he could talk and smiled and joked and laughed. I don't think this is the last image that they should see. He's not he's not talking anymore. He's sleeping most of the time. And, you know, it's just not, I don't know what to expect. And I said, okay. I said, all right, tomorrow I'm going to, I'm going to shoot up. I didn't get that chance. Again, because we're not on. We're not on our time. I don't know if you guys are listening or believers. If you're not a believer, I'm a believer. And I just, I've accepted the fact that we're not on our time. We're on God's time. And when it's time to go, it's time to go. I thought for sure I was going to just be an absolute mess on this episode, which is why I didn't want to do it for a few days. But trust me, uh, there's a reason why I haven't been on social media. There's a reason why I haven't taken any phone calls, replied to text messages. I have been an absolute mess. And I needed to get all of that out by myself. Not with my kids around, not with anybody around. And for anybody listening to this who was calling me or texting me or DMing me or whatever, I I love you guys, man. I appreciate all of you. And I hope none of you guys take any of that personal that I didn't get back to you. But I I just needed to I needed to let this soak in and I needed to really feel everything. Cause man, it was brutal. You know, my aunt told me, and I'm mentioning this because nothing that I went through and me saying it was brutal can compare to when a daughter loses her father. And my aunt told me her last moment with him was in that morning, trying to wake him up. And she said she realized he was gone. And she said she let out the loudest painful cry and yell that she ever made. And she could not let him go. And for some reason she said she felt like she didn't do enough. And I told her, I said, what do you mean, man? You did everything. You did everything for him. It was his time. He was tired. He wanted to see his wife. He was ready. I can't imagine how that affects my aunt and her daughter. Because she now has that memory and the one with my grandmother. Because she was there for both. And they both were on hospice and they died at home. 
you know, my aunt played in his last few days. She played a lot of music that reminded him of my grandmother. And she said it made him feel peaceful. And I told her, that's all you could do. Your only job is to just make it peaceful for him. You know, because the nurses, they tell you, uh, when he's in hospice, we're not trying to keep him alive. We're just trying to make his transition as smooth as possible. Because that's what this is. But you're telling a kid, I know she's a grown adult, but you're telling his kid, his daughter, to not help. To just let go. And be his peace. And that's hard, man. That is hard to swallow. So my breakdowns could not compare to what she went through. You know, what's crazy is um, probably 15, 20 minutes after she called me that day to let me know that he had passed. I got a phone call from my dad. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know my relationship with my dad is not its not a very good one. Uh, he's a very, very stubborn man. And um, we just do not connect. And I contemplated when I saw his name pop up, because I still have his number in my phone, I think I told you guys I would try to do the good, the good son thing, the good man thing, and text him photos of my kids, because it's been years since he's seen them, so I still have them in there, so when he calls, it says Papa Ray on my, on my phone, and I hadn't seen that pop up in a long time. So he called me, and uh, I contemplated picking it up, and then I, I thought, yeah, my grandpa wouldn't, uh, wouldn't appreciate that. My grandfather would have wanted me to pick that phone call up, so I did. You know, and I could hear him, pretty emotional. <laughs> And I said, hello. I said, he says, hey. And I said, how's it going? And he was just crying. He goes, did you hear? And I said, yeah, I heard. And he goes, you already heard? I said, yeah, I heard already. I said, how you doing? He said, I'm not good. I said, I know, man. And I had to walk away because you know, you're at the baseball field and there's people around. So I walked away and he's just 
talking and I kind of let him go, let him say what he needs to say. And I said, yeah, I know it's, it's hard. This is going to be, it's going to be difficult, you know. That man is something else, man. It's, he's not like a, I don't know, man. He was, they, like they say, they, he, they broke the mold when he was made, man. My, my grandfather was something else. And we all knew that. You know, I just told my dad that, you know, I was here. And I said, um, most of it, I just let him talk. And then he said, you know, we got to get together. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I know. He said, I tried that two years ago, you remember? When this whole lockdown kicked off? Didn't end too well. I said, so I tried that. And he goes, well, you got to say the words. I said, say what words? He says, you got to say the words. And, and I said, you know, you can be a very difficult person, man. So doing all that sounds good now, but it's not that way. Because you're a very difficult person. And then he kind of went off on a tangent, you know, trying to, I said, listen, we're not going to do that right now. Sorry, we're not doing that. Grandpa just died. We're not doing that right now. We're not. I said, regardless of what you think, regardless of how you feel or whatever, I still love you regardless of everything. I still love you. And he said, I love you too. He said, I never stopped. I said, well, you have my number, man. My number hasn't changed in almost almost 20 years. He says, you got mine too. And I said, you know, we're not going to do this right now. We're not going back and forth doing this. I said, you know, I'm here, Dad. I'm here. I'm here for it. All right, you take care of yourself, okay? He said, all right, I'll talk to you. And I said, all right. And we ended our phone call. You know, he's just, I'm not lying when I say I love him because I accept my dad for his faults. Like I, like I said in previous episode on this podcast, I used to hate him, but I've learned to love him for all the things that I hated him for because he taught me how not to be. He taught me to be a better man by his actions, by seeing the example he set that I, it, it worked reverse. It showed me don't, don't be that, be the opposite. There's a lot of things I am today that are him, that I got from him. They are good things. And I'm thankful for that. And there are reasons why I have to make sure that there is some space. Because it is my job as a father. And I told my grandfather this before he passed. 
It is my job as a father to keep my kids safe from any trauma, any unnecessary trauma, and breaking that chain from all the things that went on in our family. It's my job as their father to keep them clear of all that. And I don't apologize for that. But we weren't going to do that and have that discussion. Not that day. There's no way I was going to allow that. We're better than that. You know, I I really did contemplate uh, quitting 75 hard because it was too much. It's too much. I was like thinking of everything that I'm feeling and I was like, I can't do this right now. I'll quit. I'll I'll start up again. And then here I am talking about a Marine. And all I kept hearing was, we don't like quitters. You're going to quit. I pass away. And the day I pass away, you quit 75 hard. That's what you do. That's how you honor me. You quit. What did I teach you? I taught you when you start something, you finish it. So you're going to quit the day that I transition. That's what you're going to do. (laughs) So I kept going, man. I worked out that night in a puddle of tears. That was my second workout. And then the next day, I had two more workouts. And I did both of those in tears. I did a ruck that night. And uh, uh, the, the following night, And I think I went an hour, I was supposed to only do 45 minutes, but I went an hour because I just needed to, I needed to just clear my mind. I powered through that one, you know, the whole time thinking, this is what he would have wanted me to do. This is, this is how he would have wanted me to honor him, is to power through, show strength, show leadership, show power. So I did it. But I can't say I didn't do it while I wasn't in tears, man, because I was crying. Because I'm, I'm, I fucking miss him, man. I miss him so much. I am having the hardest time realizing that I am not going to be able to see that man again. I am having the hardest time realizing that these holidays coming up, I'm not going to be able to spend time with him. (sighs) 
you know, something I didn't get to tell you guys was this. The day that my kids and I got to see them, that was the day that the Raiders and Chargers played. Uh, and the Raiders needed to win in order to get into the playoffs. And my grandpa is a diehard Raider fan. We always used to go at it. So my grandfather is laying on this bed and waking up in between watching the game with us. And when they would score us, Grandpa, and he'd go put his hand up. And we were all pulling for the Raiders, obviously, because it's my grandfather's team. And man, what a hell of a game that was. You know, Chargers tied it with like two seconds left. They had to go in overtime. And by now, you guys, if you're football fans, you know how that game ended. The Raiders ended up winning. It was such a crazy game. And he was so damn happy that they made the playoffs. He was smiling. And I told him, I said, you know we're only rooting for them for, because of you, right? And he was just happy. So the Raiders made the playoffs. And that was a good memory for him to have. Because he loved that team so much. <laughs> You know, I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't post too much. I didn't post at all on social media. I wanted to do one thing, and then I just needed a few days. So I put together a little video, like a five-minute video tribute to my grandfather. And uh, it was a video that had him talking. And I did this thing on social media on Instagram that was called words with uh, words with the marine and I used to share those on my Instagram and, pe and people loved them and so this one I did was the same title as as this podcast and I did the intro and it said last words with the marine and it was him talking, and I shared that. And then I put a bunch of photos of him and the family and all of us. And I found the, the most amazing song, and I've loved this song. My sons love this song as well. Uh, it's a song called Mr. Red, White, and Blue by uh, Kofi Anderson. He's a country singer. And uh, I said, this is perfect. This is the song. This fits my grandfather so much. He was so damn proud, which is why I'm so proud. I got this flag behind me. If you're on YouTube right now, you see this flag behind me. It's the first time I've ever put the American flag behind me, and I just felt like it was fitting for this episode. And uh, I put that song over the video. If you haven't seen it, you can go to my Instagram. And uh, my Instagram is at It's Ray Molina. Same thing with TikTok. It's up there as well. You can watch it there. And I shared that. And I got so many messages from people that were so touched by this. My aunt 
told me it was amazing. She said it just, it hit her and her daughter so hard when they watched it. I had no idea what I was going to do. I just knew I wanted to put something up to, you know, to, to, to show my love for him and his memory and just to share with the people that follow me that my grandfather had finally passed and I wanted to share this with them and I wanted to do something for the family. So I did that and, uh, I think you guys should check it out. If you haven't, check it out. Um, I want to go back to saying how I was going to avoid this podcast. I really wasn't even going to do this podcast today. I wasn't. I was not in the mood. It's late at night. It's actually super late. It's past midnight. I'm supposed to be in bed already. My kids are always on me. Make sure you're in bed before midnight because I'm trying to do this early morning thing. And uh, it's something happened today. And this is what made me do uh, do this episode. I finally said, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready to do this episode. I go to pick up Jaden. My 10-year-old, he has math after class. Like he has an extra curricular math class that he does after, after regular school. So he stays late. So I went to pick him up. And I'm sitting there in the car. And his mom was supposed to pick him up, but she ended up... We didn't find out that that class started after school until when we had already dropped him off. So she had asked me, can you pick him up? I'm going to be in a meeting and I can't leave. Or uh, I think it was a class or something. And she said, can you pick him up? And I said, yeah, I got it. And so I went to go pick him up. And uh, so I'm sitting in my car. And, you know, there's no, there's like maybe two other cars. There's not very many kids left at school. And so he comes, comes out finally. I'm there for like 20 minutes. And then he comes out, he gets in my car and I'm like, how's your day, buddy? He's like, good. Hi, dad. He gives me a hug, kiss. And I'm talking to him like, and I have the radio listening to sports talk radio like I always do. And, and I'm talking and then he randomly says, you know, I saw grandma and grandpa today. And I'm like talking to him. I'm like, wait, what? What did you say? And he says, I saw grandma and grandpa today. And I go, what are you, what are you talking about? And he smiles and he starts to cry. And he says, I saw them in class today. And I grab him by his shoulders. I go, tell me what you saw. And he said, I was in class before lunch. I was at my desk. And I felt like something was staring at me. And I turned around and I looked back and I saw Grandma and Grandpa. And Grandpa standing with Grandma with his arm around her. And they were both smiling at me. And I said, are you serious? You saw that? Did they say anything? And he said, no. They just smiled at me. And I turned around and my friend asked me, what are you looking at? And he said, nothing. And he started weeping, but he was not sad. He was happy. 
And I hugged him so much. And I said, man, do you have any idea how blessed you are? Are you kidding me? For you to be able to see that, to have that experience. How do you feel? Are you okay? He said, I'm fine. But I know he's okay now. I know that he's with grandma now. God, that made me so damn happy. I just kept thanking God, man. I kept thanking God. And I don't I don't care if anybody believes in stuff like that. I do, because I've had stuff like that happen to me with previous situations in my life. And the fact that my son had that experience and I just kept hugging him. Hugging him. He's like, Grandpa's happy. Grandma is so happy. He's like, Dad, I haven't seen Grandma since she died. And now Grandpa died. And all of a sudden, they're together. And I see them both. They didn't say anything. They just smiled at me. And I smiled. And I turned back around. And God, man. That was like a, that was the sign that I needed. That was a sign that it just told me he's okay. They're okay. You can do this now. You're stronger now. You don't got to get on that podcast and you don't got to break down all kinds of times. And I know I've broken down a couple of times, but I had, you know, I had some serious breakdowns off camera when I was doing my thing. You know, not on socials and whatnot. I've had my own breakdowns. But it just told me I can do this now. It's time. And I was happy about that. God, that was amazing, man. That happened today. And that was it for me. I said tonight, I'm going to do it. Let me get this over with. I'm going to close this chapter of my life. You know, I, before I started recording this thing, I, I realized I was on episode 55 and I said, remember I told you I'm a deep thinker. I'm always trying to understand what things mean in my life. And for some reason, I got the urge to say, or to search, what does the the number 55 mean in the Marine Corps? And lo and behold, I didn't think it meant anything. And lo and behold, it does. Let me read this to you. Battle color of the Marine Corps. The The official color guard platoon is unique in that it is the only color guard entity that carries the battle color of the Marine Corps. These 55 streamers represent more than 400 U.S. and foreign awards, as well as all campaigns in which Marines have participated. They span the entire history of the nation, from the American Revolution to the present. The color guard platoon is also unique in that they carry a banded staff. These 55 silver bands denote the title of the awards and campaigns of the United States Marine Corps that are symbolized in the 55 battle streamers. 
a duplicate of this battle color is maintained and held at the office of command commandant of the Marine Corps. You gotta be kidding me. The minute I read that, I looked at my grand my grandfather's photo is to the right of me right here. I looked up at him and I said, You <laughs> I said, You I see you. You're something else, man. I did not plan on doing I didn't say, look, I'm going to hold off and hold this episode because I need to make it 55 to mean this. I didn't do any of that. In fact, 55 was going to be an entirely different episode. It just so happened to be that things happened. I took a few days off. And when I was ready to do this episode for my grandfather, it happened to be episode 55. And that's the meaning of 55 in the Marine Corps. It's God, man. God works in mysterious ways, right? That is all I have. I, uh, I appreciate all of you for tuning in, listening, and watching uh, to this podcast. I don't know what keeps you guys here. I don't know what you are getting from any of this, but I appreciate you. This is just my life, man. And, uh, I don't think there's anything special about it. The only thing that is different is that I am probably more candid than anybody, uh, that I know a lot of people don't share the stuff that I do with their lives. And it's just, I am okay with living a very open life. It's how I cope. It's been a very, it's been part of my process on how I deal with things and how I live my life. And I just want to continue to say thank you to all of you who listen and who get something from this podcast. Thank you so much. I'm going to close with a quote that uh, that I have right here. And I, I just feel like it's the perfect way to close this thing out. And then when I'm done, I'm going to give you the last words um, from my grandfather, Greg Molina. His real name is Gregorio. His his nickname, we call him, is Rocky. He got that in the Marine Corps from boxing. Last name, Molina. And as he, as he would tell you is, he's American Puerto Rican. He's first generation, born and raised in the United States with roots in Puerto Rico. So that makes him an American Puerto Rican. I had to learn that. <laughs> but here's the quote. Marines die. That's what we're here for. But the Marine Corps lives forever. And that means you will live forever. Gunnery Sergeant Hartma. 
Rest in peace, Grandpa. I love you. I miss you. But I know that you're at peace. I am so happy you're at peace now. End of watch. My turn. I got this. Perfect mess is my perfect mess. 